the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the Word? Praise Him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray it's being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Transformation and Manifestation. Saints of the Most High God, it's wonderful that God loved us enough to accept us and save us just like we were. But it's even more wonderful that He loves us way too much to leave us like we are. In fact, He never intended for us to stay the people we were. God wants all of us to experience transformation and manifestation in our lives. Transformations and manifestations that'll make us the powerful, godly people He always intended for us to be. Transformations and manifestations that'll cause us to live the blessed lives He always intended for us to live. Since we know God knows what He's doing, and He knows better than me and you, then we should all want whatever transformation that He wants to happen in the lives of me and you. That way, we can be the kind of people that He's always intended us to be, living the kind of lives that God has always intended for you and me to live. So, without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Transformation and Manifestation. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. See, when being molded and transformed, the clay is not supposed to argue with the potter who's molding and fashioning them. What the clay is supposed to do is yield to what the potter is doing. Especially since the potter knows what he's doing. It's supposed to yield to what the potter is doing. Especially when the potter knows what he's doing. Because we don't know how to shape ourselves. No. And we definitely don't know how to shape ourselves for what God wants to do with us. We sure don't know how to do that. Because we don't, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But God said, I know. That's why I said, submit yourself to me. Humble yourself under my mighty hand so that I can exalt you. Because God know what he's doing. Turn to Isaiah chapter 45. I said, God know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Remember that next time you're on the wheel. Because it's easy sitting, sitting right now. Remember that next time you're on that wheel, spinning around looking like, what the heck? Isaiah <laughs> chapter 45. Isaiah chapter 45. See, we shouldn't argue with or fight against God's transformation of us. Because we want him to transform us. But for that to happen, you got to quit arguing with it. Verse 9. Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Let the pot herd, pot's herd strive with the pot's herd of the earth. Shall the clay say unto him that fashioned it? Now when it says the pot's herds strive with the pot's herds, it's like it's one thing for you to argue with somebody else at your level. Like that's, you know, your brothers and sisters. He don't, he don't advocate your argument, 
But they're like, if you're going to argue with anybody, anybody, argue with them. Don't argue with me. Does that make sense? Shall the clay say unto him that fashioned it, what makest thou? Or thy work? He hath no hands. Woe unto him that said unto his father, what begottest thou? Or to the mother, what hast thou brought forth? Thou thus said the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hand. Command ye me? Command, and concerning the works of my hand, command ye me? Now, remember the, the word, all the words are anointed, if I can phrase it that way. All the words are inspired. That's the word I want to use. All the words are inspired. All the words of the Bible are inspired. The punctuation marks aren't. Punctuation marks were added in by the translators in order to help bring a clarity. And I'm glad they put it in there because if you ever saw the literal Hebrew, how it's written, you'd be wishing there was some punctuation marks in there. Because what they had it was all caps, no consonants, and there was no, no, no things in between there. Excuse me, all caps, all consonants, no vowels, and it had no punctuation marks. So you had to know you some Hebrew to know when, when does each sentence end and when does the next one begin. So the translators, they say, they don't want to take the chance that y'all like give up after Genesis 1-1. Be like, forget it, man. I, ain't, I, I, can't, I can't figure this stuff out, man. So they put punctuation marks in it. Everybody say, thank you, translators. But sometimes, I said sometimes they put in ones that I think could have been different. It's up for opinion. Like, for instance, in this particular one, he said in verse 11, he said, Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. He's doing it as a question mark. Command ye me? Or another way of phrasing it, let me get this right. You going to tell me what I'm going to do with my sons? And you going to check me about what I'm doing? Me, I'm the maker. You the clay. And you're going you're gonna to command me? As in tell me what to do with you? I ain't your hairdresser. I ain't your barber. Like you tell me how you, I want my, I want it this way. I want it that way. You, you, don't, tell, you don't tell God how you want it. Guys, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to, you don't tell me how you want it. Remember, you ain't going to the legal massage parlor and choosing the one on the, on, on, on the menu, which one you want. This ain't Burger King. God said, you don't have this your way. We got this, this how, this how we going to do this. You going to humble yourself under my mighty hand. And then I'm going to do what's necessary to exalt you. And you just go for the ride. And cooperate with me. Amen. Amen. Because there's a lot of people that think that they can prescribe to God what they, what they want him to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why they'll even choose their church. That's why they'll even choose their pastor. God says, excuse me. 
I'm the one that's molding you. I'm the one that sends you where to go. <laughs> Man, they stopped liking it a long time ago. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the one choose. You don't choose. I choose. Because I know what you need. I know what's put in you. I know what to get out of you. And I know who's capable of doing it. We even tell him how many times we're going to show up. We still think we're in that one where we can choose on the menu. Let me see. I'm going to go to this service. I ain't going to that service. I'm going to go to this one. Guys, I said, humble yourself under my mighty hand. If I wanted you to go to a one service service, I'd have sent you to a one service church. If I <laughs> y'all don't like this. If I wanted, if, 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 if it was just going to be one, one of them little short services, that's what I'd have sent you to. But if I send you to one that got all this that I put together, it must be because you need it. But even though we say when we read that verse, oh, man, who, who would tell God what to do? You do? <laughs> you do, I said. Every time you, every time you ask, every time you decide how things are going to be, <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, it's tight, but it's right. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. Because we get to choosing how we think that we want God to do it. I just need you to take a little bit off of this. God say, okay, you, you, you act like you in the military. And you just joined up in the military and told them, okay, I just want a little bit off the sides. And they said, okay. Because <laughs> they're going to do to you what they was going to do anyway. They don't care nothing about what's see. Look, look, I just want a little bit over here and a little bit over there. I want you to, I want you to kind of like use your, clip, use your clippers and the comb and just run the comb and then do your clippers with it and stuff like that and, and just thin it a little bit. That's all I want. And they'd be like, okay. Mm, mm. Then they, they turn you around and say, say, how you like it? You're like, that ain't what I asked for. He said, that's what you got. When it comes to be molded, reshaped, we don't choose it. God does. He's the maker. He's the potter. We the clay. Next time you're confused about this, Go pick up a piece of clay and ask it a question and see if it answers you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not going to answer you. It ain't going to have nothing to say. So he's trying to tell you what he expects you to do as clay. Because in scripture, he uses certain things to describe us, like he calls us sheep. A lot of us be like, oh, that's so cute. Go study sheep. Study sheep. You'll find out what God is saying. He called us goats at one point. Study goats. You'll find out why he does that. He calls us eagles at some point. And he calls us clay. He expects us to be able to just let him mold us. Let him shape us his way. Let him do for us what he wants to do. Because God said, got some things he wants to do for and through you. He said, you going to command me? Arr. That's in verse 11. Verse 12. I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens 
and all their hosts have I commanded. I have raised up in righteousness and I will direct all his ways. I got anybody in here that's righteous? God said he was going to direct all your ways. How many? Okay. And I will direct all his ways. And he shall build my city. And he shall let go my captives. Not for price, no reward, saith the Lord of hosts. God said, I'm going to rebuild you and make you the way I want you to. So that you can do what I've got for you to do. That's why we're not supposed to be striving with him about anything. Verse 9 says, War unto him that striveth with his maker. That word striveth right there means to toss, that is to grapple. To toss, that is to grapple. You remember how, how Jacob did when he ran into the angel, which was the theophany, which was an appearance of God in the Old Testament. Some say Christophany, which was the appearance of the Christ before, in, before he was incarnate. In, 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 in the Old Testament. And remember how he wrestled with that thing all night long. All night long he wrestled with that. They asked me why he wrestled that long. Because he thought he could get the upper hand and it would turn out the way he wanted it to. Because he was so used to controlling everything and handling everything and things going in the way that he wanted it to go. But that was Jacob. Israel don't think that way. Jacob thinks that way. He's still thinking that he can, you know, get the upper hand and do it the way he want to do. But he couldn't get the upper hand on that, on that theophany because that's God. Because you can't get the upper hand on God. And then he said to him, he said, he said, and he, and he said I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. That's when he put his finger down on his thigh and changed his entire walk. And then he changed his name. But he changed his walk first. Because you're going to walk differently if you want to be blessed like you, want, like you say you do. And if you're going to be used like I want to do, I got to change your walk. He didn't get the upper hand. He finally was transformed into another man. And that was part of his transformation process. He changed his walk in order to, trans- to transform him into the man he wanted him to be. God wants to do that in many of our lives. He wants to change our walk. Where we walk, how we walk, how fast we walk, hmm? who we walk with, what we walk wearing. He wants to change our walk. But God's got to be the one that does it. God transformed his walk. He didn't transform his walk. God transformed his walk. And God's the one that you can't strive with. You ain't supposed to strive with God. Don't be strong. See, a lot of people, it's a struggle to truly be transformed. Because that means you got to relinquish control. You got to relinquish the, uh, the, you know, the what to do. You, you're so used, to, you're so used to, to running stuff that you run from the stuff that God wants you to do. Hallelujah. He said, don't, you don't strive with him. Figuratively, it means to wrangle or to hold a controversy. Ain't no controversy. Just do what he said. Matthew chapter 20. Getting quiet up in this Presbyterian church. Praise God. Matthew chapter 20. In this spirit-filled church, it's getting spied up in here. Matthew chapter 20. See, God has the right to do whatever he wants to do with us. I said, God has the right to do whatever he wants to do with us. We're his possession. Matthew, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 20, verse 15. 
course, somebody had asked him, you know, about what he was doing with what it was his. You know, that's basically the premise. They was asking him about what was, what was his, murmuring and complaining about what he was doing with, with what was his. He said in verse 15, a principle, he said, is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is this I evil? Is thine I evil because I am good? Like you getting all attitudinal because I'm trying to do something good for somebody? So the last shall be first and the first shall be last. For many be called, but few chosen. See, God has the right to do whatever he wants to with us because we're his possession. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost that you were bought with a price? We're his possession. One of the reasons why the called are chosen is because the called, one of the reasons why the called aren't chosen is because the called won't let God mold them and shape them into the person capable and eligible to do what they're called to do. Can I talk to you? Your calling comes long before you're the person who he's going to have do the calling. Your calling comes long before you're the person who he's going to have do the calling. So he'll call you in advance to do certain things. But then between then and the time that you actually do it, he will transform you into the person to do it. He called Abram. But Abram wasn't the one that was the father of many nations. Abraham was. Why? Because he called him as Abram, knowing he's going to transform him into Abraham before it actually come time to do it. Does that make sense? Abram and Abraham, the difference between the two is God's position in his life. The difference between Abram and Abraham is God's position in his life. See, when he's Abram, God is around him, speaking to him. When he's Abraham, God is in him because it's A-B-R-A-H-A-M. The H-A is God's name, one of God's names in the Hebrew, H-A. So he had to open him up, put the H-A in, close it back up so that he could be surrounding God and God could be in him. He had to change him, his position in him. See, some of us still got God external. I, I know, come on, don't, get, don't look at me like that. I know theologically he's already moved in on the inside of you. But his word still bounces off of you and falls off. Like we'll say, be faithful. It bounces off and it just, just like, it just bounces off and it falls off. Or it might go in your ear, but stay right, right here, right in that area. And depends on how you hold your head, it'll fall back out and stuff like that. I'm trying to teach up in here. Amen. Because it hasn't soaked into you yet. It hasn't become a part of you. It wasn't until God became a part of him. God's word became a part of him that he can now use him. See, some of us, God's word ain't a part of us. We still got it on the external. See, well, as long as it's external, it's difficult to carry. It's hard to handle. Once it moves inside of you, it's easy to deal with now. Because now it's you. Does that make sense? God needs to transform you. 
and get some of this stuff in you so you can start being what he says rather than just hearing what he says. God wants you to be what he said and not just hear what he said. Because some of us are hearing, but we ain't hearing enough to get faith. Whereas we actually live it and do it like he wants us to do. That's one of the transformations that's going to happen. That's part of the ways where we struggle. Because I don't want to keep hearing it. I want to hear something new. No, you don't. You want to hear something transformative. Does that make sense? You want to get this in you. Get it in you. Quit being so stubborn. Quit struggling. Quit fighting. Just be what he said to be. The Revised Standard Version. Let me read it out of that. I'm going to only do verse 15 out of the Revised Standard Version. It says, am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So you got to understand that anytime God wants to do anything for you, it's him being generous. I say anytime God wants to do anything for you, it's him being generous. And if God wants to then start remolding you and shaping you into the person he wants to do, he being generous than a mug. Because he had to do nothing. But if he did it, he's being generous. That's why we ain't supposed, we're not supposed to begrudge his generosity. The word begrudge means to resent the pleasure or good fortune. To resent the pleasure or good fortune. I got to go to church. You ain't got to go to church. Leave your little happy hips home and stay the way you are. You don't begrudge his, his good fortune, his, the, the things he's trying to do for you. Some people resent. What God tried to do. How about this one? I like the word origins. I always go back to the origin of the word. I love the origin, the original definition of it before it got modified and changed through time. The word origin for the word begrudge means to murmur, to murmur. Because there's some folk, look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking about us. He ain't talking about us. Who murmur and complain about the word that God sends to train versus allow it to do for you what it wants to do. And that's transform you and change you into the person that you're supposed to be. That's why we be having asthma attacks when some stuff get talked about in church and stuff. Okay, t- turn with me and let's talk about offerings and tithes. and <sighs> Get the inhaler, get the inhaler, hurry up. <sighs> turn with me in your Bible, please. Praise God to James chapter what? Let's turn to third, t- third t- Timothy, second Timothy so in chapter three so we can start talking about you know, religion or relationship. <sighs> Some of us have seizures. Our eyes start going up in our head. Guys, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm about to transform you. I'm about to take you from where you were to where I want you to be so I can use you like I told you a long time ago. Why you begrudge that? Why you got a problem with that? If I sat there and said something stupid to you, you'd sit there and listen to it without a problem. Why you got a problem with a transformative word? That's why Job said, man, I, 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 I esteem it more than my necessary food. Some of us, we like, herb this in so I can go eat. You are eating. At least you're supposed to be eating right now. That's what I'm doing. I'm feeding your tail. Does that make sense to anybody over here? Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you are blessed by what the word of God had to say. I hope that you've seen that it's true. There really are transformations and manifestations that God wants to bring into the lives of me and you. Also hope that you're becoming more willing to cooperate with God so that he can cause the transformations and manifestation to happen in the lives of me and you. So come on, saints of God. Let's let God do what he wants to do in the lives of me and you. Let's let God cause transformation and manifestation to happen for me and you. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. 
That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christmas Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to send it your way right away. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio surrounding areas, come on by and see us. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation and you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed when you do, and we will too. And speaking of coming through, I've got something for all of you saints of God who are in San Antonio and surrounding areas to do. I invite all of you to an exciting conference that'll be held at Word of Faith next week that'll be a blessing to you. It's called Faith of Fire. It's where we find up the flame of faith of God within you. It starts next week, Wednesday, July 6th, and run through Saturday, July 9th. The opening service will be held Wednesday evening at 6.45 p.m. Thursday and Friday, services are at 10 a.m., 12 noon, and 6.45 p.m. Ladies, Faith of Fire ends on that Saturday with a Women's Breakfast Fellowship at 9.30 a.m., where you ladies will be fed naturally with an awesome all-you-can-eat breakfast prepared by the Brothers of Word of Faith just for you. And then you'll be fed spiritually with an anointed Word of God ministered just for you. Nursery and VIP transportation service are available for every service. Children's Church will be held at the evening sessions only, all at no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. So be sure to mark your calendar so that you don't miss this awesome time of word and worship with the saints at Word of Faith. Come on through and bring some other saints with you when you do. You'll be so glad you did, and they will too. Both you and your faith will be set on fire at the Faith of Fire Conference at Word of Faith SA. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 